Welcome back to another episode of Short Stories for Kids, the magical podcast of storytelling. I'm Lucy, your host, here to read you guys lots of magical and fun, adventure-filled stories every single week. The latest story up on our premium channel is called George's Magical Superfast Sneakers. George buys a brand new pair of bright yellow sneakers. What he doesn't know is that they contain magical super speed powers and can take him anywhere he wants to go. To listen to this story and more, join up to our premium channel and become a super fan of short stories for kids. Here you'll receive a Friday bonus episode every week, plus our entire back catalog of over 200 stories ad-free. Also, premium-only shout-outs just for you guys. So to hear this story, just sign up to our premium feed in a couple of clicks through our website at shortstoriesforkidspodcast.com. I thought I knew my mom better than anyone. One day we were chatting, and I heard a story I'd never heard before. That got me wondering, how many other stories don't I know? That's why I got my mom's story worth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come. Every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a thought-provoking question of your choice. I've really enjoyed reading my mom's answers to these questions. I've discovered stories and memories I'd never heard about. For example, I never knew that my mom wrote poetry. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. Give all the mums in your life a meaningful gift you'll both cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash shortstories. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash stories to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash short stories. So today's story request comes from Nash. And Nash lives in Sydney, Australia and listens to the stories at nighttime before bed with his mom, Nicole. And he would love a story about dinosaurs and aliens fighting on the moon millions of years ago. And there also has to be magic. And his favorite dinosaur is a T-Rex. Oh, and one more thing. He would also like it if they could fight the aliens with slime. (gasps) Wow, so many great ideas here. Nash, thank you so much. And we hope that you love your dinosaur and alien fighting T-Rex story, including some slime too. Are you guys all ready? Here we go. Long ago, in the time of the dinosaurs, lived a T-Rex called Nash. Nash was an unusual dinosaur, to say the least, and all the other dinosaurs looked up to him. This was because Nash was a tech wizard. What's a tech wizard? Well, I'll tell you. A tech wizard uses a combination of magic and technology to make extraordinary machines and do spectacular things. Because of this, Nash was very popular amongst the dinosaurs 
as he did his best to look after all of them. One night, when Nash the T-Rex was staring through his telescope, he saw something strange upon the surface of the moon. That's odd, he thought. I've never seen anything move on the moon before. Using the telescope to zoom in closer, Nash gasped at what he saw. He couldn't quite believe his eyes at first. But yes, he was definitely looking at flying saucers. Parked on the moon, he counted six in total. And there, in between the saucers, there were hundreds of other objects too. This was strange indeed, and Nash wasn't quite sure if he should be worried or not. There was only one thing for it. He went and found another dinosaur that he knew, Nicole the Triceratops, to come and have a look for herself. Oh, what do you think? asked Nash as Nicole stared through the telescope. Oh, wow, said Nicole. It looks like an alien army. Whatever can they be doing? Hmm, mused Nash, scratching his chin with his two-fingered hand. I don't know, but I don't like it. I think you and I should go and take a look. Nicole looked at Nash as if he'd gone mad. To the moon? How on earth can we get to the moon? She asked. Hmm, leave that to me and my techno magic, smiled Nash, and he got down to work. By the time the sun rose in the sky and the moon had faded from view, Nash was ready. Nicole paced around the strange machine Nash had been working on and admired it. It was a large square frame with lots of pipes and widgets and doodads all around the edge. There was nothing at all in the center of the square, just a blank open space. What does it do exactly? asked Nicole. To show her, Nash pulled out a large, heavy lever. The square thrummed into life, vibrating with a greenish glow, changing the center of the square entirely. Where once you could look through and see the rest of Nash's room, now there was the moon's surface stretching off into the distance. Oh, that's amazing, said a very impressed Nicole. A doorway to the moon? Can we just walk through? Of course not, warned Nash. There's no air on the moon. This puzzled Nicole. Then how will we breathe? Well, that requires another invention, grinned Nash as he unfolded what looked like a silver blanket. Now keep still, he warned as he threw the blanket across Nicole's back. It flowed across her, becoming a shiny spacesuit complete with a magical green dome around her head. Nash repeated the same process for himself. There, he said. Now we can have spacesuits. We're ready. Let's step through. The moon's surface was made of a crunchy gray powder. And because the gravity wasn't as strong as Earth, they found they could bounce along with long, easy strides. Where are we going? asked Nicole, looking around her. Just over this hill, said Nash, pointing with one of his short, stubby arms. The flying saucers were parked in a giant crater, which should be just beyond. Sure enough, as they reached the top of the slope, they could see the aliens spread out before them. 
While scuttling blue aliens with long, pointy spider legs busied themselves against it all. What are they doing? asked Nicole as she tried to make sense of it all. Those are war machines, said Nash, looking around. This is an alien army preparing for an invasion. Invasion? gasped Nicole. Do you mean Earth? I'm afraid so, Nash nodded grimly. And it's going to be up to us to stop them. A big tank-like machine crawled across the crater in front of them. A giant laser cannon mounted on top of it made Nicole gulp. But what can just the two of us do against an alien army? I've come prepared, said Nash, and produced two small pebble-sized objects from a pocket. Nicole wasn't impressed. What are we going to do with those? Bounce them off their alien heads? Watch, said Nash, as he waved some techno magic across them. The pebbles began to grow, changing shape into short, chunky tubes with handles. If we blast these hand cannons at them, we should stop them in their tracks, Nash said. Oh, what do they shoot? asked Nicole. Lasers? Missiles? Better than that, grinned Nash, showing his T-Rex teeth. These hand cannons shoot slime. This seemed to please Nicole no end. Oh, goody, she said. Then I'm ready when you are. On the count of three, the two dinosaur heroes leapt over the crater edge and began blasting. Slime streaked forth from their hand cannons, splattering across machines, flying saucers and aliens in equal measure. The alien army was so surprised that they didn't know how to react. As far as they were concerned, they were the ones about to surprise Earth as they took it for their own. But they hadn't counted on Nash the T-Rex. The giant tank-like machine stumbled as slime got into its inner workings, making it useless, while scuttling aliens struggled through the gloopy splodges that splatted against them. One group of alien soldiers grabbed handheld laser blasters and attempted to charge the dinosaur pair. But Nicole spotted them quickly and gave them a complete covering of slime. Splat, splat, splat. In no time at all, the aliens were retreating, running for their flying saucers and abandoning their splat of machines. Not wishing to be trapped on the moon forever, the aliens ensured they took off quickly before their spacecraft were completely covered too. All that was left in the big moon's crater was a big pile of slime-covered alien machinery and two happy-looking dinosaurs. Wow, said Nicole. We did it. We actually scared them off. Yes, agreed Nash. And I don't think they'll ever want to come back here again. The two dinosaurs crossed the crater and headed back towards the doorway, passing the dripping machines as they went. What should we do with all this alien technology? asked Nicole. Leave it here, I guess, said Nash. It's not as if it's in the way. And so that's where they left it. And that's where it's remained for millions of years. If you've got a telescope, point it towards the moon the next time it's up in the night sky. Make sure you study the surface carefully, because somewhere up there, 
there is a large crater full of slime-covered machines. It's just waiting to be discovered by someone. And that someone could be you. The end.